Hello, and thank you for listening to another episode of Queer Money. Today's guest is our good friend Megan Watt, a.k.a. Megawatt. We only met Megan several months ago, but our goals, beliefs, and values are so in sync, we hit it off immediately and wanted to share it with you. Megan is the author of Discover, Act, Engage, a 60-exercise, 60-day workbook to help you achieve your goals. If you don't know what your goals are, don't worry about it. The first section of Megan's book will help you figure that out. If you know what your goals are but need to narrow them down, she'll help you make them more specific. Let's get started. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. Okay, let's see if this card goes through for that $8,000 drink. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody wants to be a part of the in-crowd. Everybody wants to to look good. My my decision was, I'm not a victim. I'm not going to stay and work someplace where this is a problem. Normally, we don't drink on queer money, but because we're talking about a subject that David is rather vanilla on... Grab a glass of wine, because you're listening to Queer Money with the Debt Free Guys. This is the only show helping our community do more and be more by talking about money from the queer perspective. All right, welcome back to another episode of Queer Money. I am really excited for this episode. We have tried to get this woman on our show for a little, quite a while, um, and this is Talk about the universe being it's just crazy. So we had befriended a colleague in FinCon two years ago, and he started getting us into the public speaking space. And shortly after that, we befriended another friend who was also a public speaker. And coincidentally, they both know this woman. They introduced us to her. And when I had my first conversation with her, we hit it off like we were best friends or or. <laughs> Sisters separated at birth. <laughs> it was really cool. Yeah. So we're very, we're very in sync people. So we are excited to have Megan Watt, motivational speaker and public speaker at our own Queer Money today. Welcome, Megan. Hey, yo. So excited to be here. And yeah, I, I would agree. I think, you know, best friends uh, instantly or probably brother, sister separated at birth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I just think, you know, the universe works in mysterious ways and it connects you with some people that you just, you know, kick, you know, kick it off with pretty quickly. Yeah. And I'll, I'll just add to this story, the uniqueness of this story. The friend, uh, first friend that we were in, that introduced us to Megan lives in Des Moines, Iowa. Megan, you live in? I live in Madison, Wisconsin now, but I am from Florida originally. Right. And then the other friend that introduced us to Megan lives here in Denver. So it wasn't like we were all neighbors knowing each other because we're in the same circle of friends here locally. This is a circle of connection. And we did a podcast about this and getting to know your people. Uh, the way it connect can connect you, but this is a connection that has spread across thousands of miles yeah. <laughs> because of simply getting to know the people that we want to get to know to know that help us do what we want to do uh, and improve the world. Absolutely, cool. Absolutely, so we're excited. And let me just quickly add and say I love that you use the word connection. I think you all know that I am huge on the power of connection and trying to get w- rid of. Uh, what I like to call the four-letter word, uh, networking. So, uh, right? No one likes that term. It's kind of like a four-letter word, just longer. Uh, we have that same reaction. And so I just, I call it connection and, hey, let's connect and different things. And, you know, our friendship is a, a great example of that. And uh, we met because of awesome connections and someone being willing to make an introduction. So, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. This is why we have you on today. Yeah. So I have to give another uh, confession. My my nickname for Megan is Megawatt, and I also found out that our colleague, our our co friend, 
uh, uh, Adam Carroll also calls her a megawatt. <laughs> so brilliant minds think alike. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. So any J.J. Watt fans out there, please know I was the original megawatt before she <laughs> came onto the scene. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, we, we have uh, Megan on for two reasons. One, she is the author of Discover, Act, and Engage, and we're going to talk about her book a little bit. And then she also has another project that she's currently working on that we hope to get a little bit more inf- information on today. So... Um, Megan, to kick us off, would you mind just giving us a brief introduction of, of who you are and how you got to uh, this point where you are in life? Yeah, uh, absolutely. How far back do you want me to go? <laughs> uh, well, geez. Well, five years. <laughs> five years. So that, that's, it's been a busy five years. Um, in the last five years, I have left working in higher education. I worked at three Big Ten universities teaching career and leadership development as well as uh, working at career centers. So um, that was kind of my background. I thought I was going to climb the higher ed kind of corporate ladder and someday be a a vice president of student affairs or uh, possibly like a dean of students. Then I, uh, I followed um, love and a job to the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and luckily the job didn't work out, but the love did, so <laughs> nice. uh, I actually, and yeah, in that five years, we got engaged and married twice, kind of, I guess one marriage, two weddings. <laughs> uh, we, so my wife, Ilsa, and I got married the day the band was lifted here in Wisconsin. And then a year later, we actually had a wedding with our friends and family. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. And so since leaving higher ed, I I left for an opportunity to work at a local startup. And I was their vice president of innovation and strategy. It was a blast. It gave me my first kind of full chance to dive into the deep end of the world of entrepreneurship and startups. And it was a great experience. Uh, Unfortunately, I learned that the statistic about roughly 75% of startups fail. And I had joined one of those. And so before it completely went under, I left and kind of was at this standstill in my life. It was right around Christmas time and New Year's. And I remember looking to Ilsa saying, hey, like, I can't do this anymore. It's starting to be soul sucking. I feel like I'm wasting my time and energy. And uh, truth be told, I actually watched this Oprah video. It was her interview at the at Stanford University to the MBA students. And she talks about in that video, this idea of having a calling and a, pers- a purpose, but then also figuring out the next right move. And so I really, that hit home with me. I mean, I can't imagine a more perfect message for me to hear at this time in my life. And long story short, it led me to decide, you know what, I've been wanting to be a speaker since I was 15 years old and went to my first leadership camp and conference. And I'd been speaking and teaching for a long time, but never went 100% in. So then in January 2015, I launched um, our company, Dream Catalyst Labs. We technically had been doing it for about a year, just doing career coaching. But in January 2015, I decided that was going to be my full-time job and business, and and I was going to see what I could do to make it work. And you all appreciate this as far as the finance piece is, you know, part of the conversation that Ilsa and I had was, 
you know, how do we make this work? We're all about being willing to take risks, but not being risky. Mm-hmm. And part of that conversation was, well, while I had left higher ed and kept taking $10,000 pay cuts, she was staying there and she's awesome and kept getting promoted and not quite getting $10,000 pay raises, but definitely moving up. And and so part of the conversation um, when I was leaving the startup and, and getting ready to start Dream Catalyst Labs full time was, you know, year one of the business, we were going to live completely on her salary and then all of the money I brought in for from the business, we were going to pay off our debt. And so in the first year and a half of our business, or, you know, the business I've been running, uh, we paid off all of our student loan debt, our credit card debt. Actually, we'd been out of credit card debt, but we paid off almost $50,000 in student loan debt in about that first year and a half of the business. And, you know, we're really financially savvy as well as just not risky, knowing that we could live on her salary. Um, and so that was kind of a, a big factor into us allowing me to kind of take the leap. That's, that's awesome to hear that story. We, uh, I think we especially appreciate the idea that you focus on paying off the debt because it does allow you to, to take more risks. Not like you said, not be risky, but to take more risks because you don't have that constant nagging need to pay a student loan bill or a credit card bill you can then decide to use that money to do something that can allow you to flourish as a business or as a couple. Yeah, absolutely. And we, you know, that was a big thing for us. One of the cool things, and I'd love to hear how this happened for you all, um, but our mutual friend, Adam Carroll, was probably the first one that introduced me to the four freedoms of money, time, relationship, and service. And I like to add location on there. (laughs) And I had, since I was 18 and read the book Rich Dad Poor Dad, the idea of being financially free was something very important for me. Um, around the time that I started the business full time, Ilsa and I started actually having our first conversations of like, what does our long term future look like? And at that, up until this point, I'd never really talked to her how much I was envisioning a, a life for us, um, and I've always envisioned for myself of being financially free, having time freedom and being location independent if I want to. Um, And what was really cool is in those conversations, we had so many similarities, even though we never discussed them. So we both came to the table of, yeah, we want to be financially independent. And, you know, I brought in a lot higher knowledge about financial literacy and things like that. But she, we were on the same page. And so that was really fun. And now the last two years, if we've been, you know, working towards our goals and creating our life plan, it's been a lot. Um, it's been really fun to be on the same page and not have to spend time kind of convincing someone about why this is good. Yeah, you just said so many things there that <laughs> I think we've said to each other. And I mean, we've had the discussion about what we most want in life twice. The first was when we were mired in $51,000 worth of credit card debt and we weren't going the direction that we w- thought we wanted to go. We thought, well, what is it we, we, we most want out of life? And that was to pay off our debt, be debt-free, save for retirement, travel, and be able to get back to our community. And it wasn't until maybe five years ago, maybe three years ago, that we re- figured out how we wanted to get back to our community, and that was through the platform that we're building with the Debt-Free Guys. And it was one 
it, it's one thing to be able to it, it, it's just very empowering to be able to know what you most want in life and that you're on the same plane as the, as your partner yeah yeah it's interesting the, the way you talked about that and the way I was thinking about our story and I was also thinking about Adam's story so Adam Carroll our mutual friend just for everyone uh, Adam uh, and his wife uh, were together and they made a decision that they would do the same thing that Megan did and that was that Adam would take all of his money they would live off of his wife's salary and all of the money that he was making they would use to pay off their debt and that liberated them from that financial constraint and it made me think about the similarities between the three couples and the saying which is I, I suppose is not 100% PC these days but behind every powerful man is a strong woman and I think that behind every strong couple is the power of having common goals. They don't yeah. actually have to align 100%, but the idea of having common goals has allowed John and I to do what we want to do and work together and to be supportive for each other. And it sounds like that's done has done the same thing for you and Elsa. Elsa is yeah. it, I'm sorry, is it Elsa? It's Ilsa with an I, Ilsa, not okay. with an E, like okay. the movie Frozen. She disappoints a lot of small children uh, when they when they find out. They're like, Ilsa's coming? And they're like, no, no, not that Elsa. It's Ilsa. And, um, yeah. It's, I, it's a whole big thing with our friends with small kids. I'm a little disappointed right now, too. Uh, I know. I know. But she is uh, beautiful and has a pretty good singing voice. Not maybe, you know, quite on par uh, with the wonderful women of Frozen. But she also, she likes to jam out to let it go. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> don't we all? Yeah. So I want to yeah. take a step back. Okay. The, the moment when your when your startup went under, or when you realized it was going under. Tell me about that transition and thought where you were. I'm sure you went through a period of time where you were kind of depressed or upset um, and concerned about your future. What was that transition like when you said, "I'm going to use this as an opportunity"? Absolutely. So. Yes, right. Um, what's really funny about the timing of our interview is it's almost, my God, would that be three years now? No, it'd be two years. It would have been, yeah, it would have been 2014. So, yeah, so two years ago would have been the exact time uh, going into Black Friday where we were doing our last hoorah at the startup to see if I could make this thing work. And what happened was we did a bunch of Black Friday sales. So it was an e-commerce company and we um, had our own print shop. Long story short is we had an amazing Black Friday weekend. Most uh, money sold in company history as far as a, a two-day period. And then what happened afterwards is I came back to work on that Monday, was jacked out of my mind about the sales. And then I watched, um, I think we had between eight and 10,000 uh, in sales that weekend, which was, again, ridiculously high compared to what we had previously. And it took us two to three weeks to get that product out of our print shop. We owned our own print shop, which, you know, wasn't ideal. And then I realized uh, I was running a report because I, you know, I was basically 
running the day-to-day of it. We had a CEO and he was more of the visionary, but I I was running the day-to-day and I at this point was basically in charge of the financials of the company, at least overseeing all of that. And so I ran a report and I realized that we needed to be doing nine and $10,000 a day for this company to be, um, to actually make money. The business model was brilliant in a sense. It was a really a, a great opportunity to help a lot of people, except it only worked at mass quantity or mass volume. And so when I realized we needed to be make, you know, having nine and $10,000 sales on a daily basis, I knew we were really far from that. And so I went to the CEO and our VP of operations and the three of us had a conversation, which I'm sure at some point in your life, you've had something similar. You say, hey, here's what I found. Um, this is the solution we need. What do you think? And the CEO looked at us and said, oh, yeah, we can definitely do that. I said, okay, what's the plan? And his plan was, well, let's just keep doing what we're doing and we'll just hit that goal. And so I asked very politely in a couple different ways and basically uh, in a much nicer way than this said, what you're describing is the definition of insanity, doing the same thing, expecting different results. And uh, the VP of operation and I walked out of that meeting terrified, thinking, okay, if this is his plan, it's going to sink faster than the Titanic. And I decided at that point I had to leave. Um, I'd put blood, sweat, and tears in for about eight months at this point, And we, I'd improved sales by 300% in six months. So we we were having a huge upswing, but it was if we weren't going to change drastically, I knew the definition of insanity wasn't going to get us to our goal. And so then, um, and to answer your question or kind of reflect back, I started realizing at that point I wouldn't necessarily call it depressed, but I had lost my drive. And so the next month between Thanksgiving and Christmas. I was like struggling to get out of bed some days to go to a place where I just, it it felt like a, you know, a sinkhole of my time and energy. And I no longer had the vision that this thing could work. And so by right around Christmas time that when I watched the Oprah video, it was a few days before Christmas and we were on our friend or on our way to a friend's like holiday party. uh, And that's, that's when it happened. And so Right before Christmas, I gave my two weeks and finished um, right after the first of the year. Gotcha. So very gutsy time of the year to, to be quitting <laughs> yeah. a job. <laughs> it it was, but you know, and and this is um, a a life lesson I've learned and something a, a value a, a mantra whatever you want to call it that we have in our household, and that is, if anything ever becomes soul sucking, you quit it. So it's a job, it's a relationship, it's a workout program, whatever it is. If something in your life is becoming soul sucking, quit because life is way too short uh, for us to be miserable. And that's that's kind of where it came down to was this job um, was it was it was soul sucking and I needed something else. And at first I was going to go get my MBA or I was going to get a part-time job. And then after a couple of weeks realized, no, like my calling has been to be a speaker. 
I am not a gifted writer. I am not a gifted singer, meaning I can't sing at all, right? Like there, <laughs> there are some things I can't do. Uh, and speaking and teaching are things that just happen to come really naturally. And I realized I'd been so successful at the startup. And what if I put that same amount of time and energy into my own thing? And that's really the culmination plus the security of being able to live on Ilsa's um, salary gave us the ability to make that jump, even at what some people might say a risky time. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I think it's a great, inspiring story. I think there are so many people who are just kind of going through the motions day in and day out. I can't tell you how many times David and I go to Facebook in the morning on Monday and we see all of our friends posting, oh, here goes, you know, here comes Monday, or I'm not ready for the week to start, or is it almost Friday yet? And I and I we I scroll through that and I think it's so sad that you, you're you're dreading the next five days already that they haven't even started. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you, you took the opportunity to say, I'm not gonna become complacent. I'm not gonna sit on that nail. I'm gonna use this as an opportunity to 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 platform my career. Yep. And and I'll just add one thing. And this is again kind of a a more recent life lesson. I've been helping and coaching someone who is wanting to quit their job. And there was a lot of, you know, questions and fears and things like that. And basically I realized it was the same lesson I had kind of believed in myself two years ago that I was coaching this person on. And it came down to, I believe the best bet in the entire world that you can make is to bet on yourself. Yeah. Um, right. Like, no one else is going to give it 110% like you are. And if you bet on yourself, now that doesn't mean you can't, you, you got to give it all and all of those things. But that was the, that's what I realized I did two years ago. And, um, and that's what I was kind of suggesting to my coaching client is this isn't a good fit for you, this position, you know, you're kind of miserable. It's get, becoming soul sucking and bet on yourself because there's, there's no other better bet in this world than betting on yourself. Right. So this kind of leads to the decision process. Uh, I, th I think about what you're talking about is going through this whole decision process, which is seems to me similar to what you walk people through in the book. Right. So, right. So yeah, let's um, let's let's talk about the book. So you said you're not a writer, but you wrote a book called Discover, <laughs> Act, Engage, and. Yes. Uh, when I purchased it, I you know didn't I you, you and I talked briefly about what it was, so I kind of had an, an idea of what it was, but I didn't know exactly, and I was very excited about it. It's it's a great book that breaks down step by step how to go from not even knowing what your goals or dreams are and converting that into action steps so you can make your goals and dreams reality. So do you mind giving us a, a brief summary of the book and what the inspiration was? Absolutely. So the book Discover Act Engage is something that I felt like physically compelled to do. And unlike you all, uh, I don't put out content very often unless I'm speaking. So I don't have a podcast at this point. At this point in time, I don't have a blog. And so when I sat down and wrote the book, what happened was it was, I don't know, five to 10 years worth of stuff that I'd learned, uh, been teaching on, believed new lessons, lessons that were, you know, I learned first 10 years ago and been practicing. And so what happened was this idea of like almost a physical feeling to say, Megan, like you have to find another way for 
you to help people. And so that's kind of why I wrote the book was so I could help more people because pre-book, the only time people were ever learning from me was if they had heard me speak or, you know, I had taught their class or things like that. And I have, you know, big audacious someday goals and wanted to amplify how I did it. So the book, and you guys probably know this now after reading it, is I wrote it ridiculously fast. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the reasons I say I was able to do that was because I'd never written a blog post. And so it was just things that poured out of me from my head to the computer ridiculously quickly. And so the whole book um, has really become this system. It's a system for accomplishing a goal or landing a dream job. Uh, And David, to your point, it is kind of a decision-making process. So discover is really discovering more about you as well as what are your goals. Act is about now that you identify what your goal is, how do you take action on it? And then engage is kind of what we talked about at the beginning, this idea of leveraging the power of connection and engaging with our community and our network. So the that's kind of how I, looking back, actually made my decision to quit the startup and start my own company was, you know, I've been doing a lot of inner work and discovery of self since uh, about 2009. And then you know, learning about what my someday goals were and, and how to take action and things like that. I, I led through, I worked through the book even before the book existed in the sense of Discover, Act, Engage really is just this system to help people accomplish a goal. I think that's, awesome. I think that's awesome. One of the things I liked about it was that you do start at, at Discovery. There's so many people who even graduate college still asking the question of what do I want to do when I grow up? Yeah. And I think it's great that you started at such a at such an early point in the decision making process. It is. It's it's a critical part and it's, you know, to your point college students, I'm going to argue that 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds, <laughs> 50 and 60-year-olds often are thinking, what do I want to do? Yeah. Exactly. You know, you made the comment earlier about uh, that the best bet is we we can make is on ourselves, but I think that there are still millions of people out there who are not certain of that. <laughs> they almost would um, rather make a bet on someone else because they've seen the, their track record. They've seen what they've been able to do and they second guess themselves because they don't know necessarily what is inside of them, what it is that they want, what is the true their true calling. And the, they haven't gone through that discovery process. And that's what I like about this is that you're encouraging them to take that first step of being able to say, let's see what kind of uh, reservoir I have inside of me that I can potentially bet on. Is there something inside of me that I know I have something inside of me? What is it? Let's dig it out. Absolutely. And, you know, it's a shame that there are so many people that have not had a chance to do inner work. Um, If you're working in a company or organization that doesn't invest in personal development of their employees, you may not have had it. If you weren't, you know, really involved in leadership development opportunities in high school, college, or after, um, or you're not a personal development kind of self-help geek, uh, like I think the three of us are, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, you, you probably haven't done some of this work. And one of the things that I love, and I will tell 
Nah, I can't say. I was going to say Discover is my favorite of the three phases. But I, I love them all equally. <laughs> but the Discover is so important. And I'll tell you guys this. And I'll be a little transparent, a little vulnerable. I wrote the book really quickly. There was a lot of intentionality in the sequencing of the 60 challenges. What I will tell you and is I didn't know how well it would work. Uh, I know you all alluded a little bit to this other project that I'm working on here now. And um, basically, we're bringing the book to life and I'm coaching people uh, to help them accomplish a someday goal or land a dream job with the Discover Act Engage system. And John, David, I got to tell you guys, like the system is freakily freaking awesome. Uh, <laughs> nice. it, it, like it's crazy how much I'm like coaching and just the sequencing of things worked out even better than maybe I anticipated. And I really kind of I'll be honest, I'll, I'll be a little braggy, right? Gave myself a big pat on the back. And part of it was because when I wrote the book, I was in such flow and like in the zone mm. that it just came out and I trusted it. Um, obviously went back, looked it over um, and things like that, but it is, it's on point and I'm, I'm excited about that. Nice. That's, nice. that's awesome to hear. Sometimes you're just in the right place at the right time and you act on it and it turns into a great product exactly. <laughs> or service. Yeah. And, um, you know, and so the discover phase, the first challenge is the someday goal visualization. And I always say, you got to know what is your end goal? What is that ultimate someday goal, that thing that's going to become your North star. And then the rest of discover is helping you identify the other things that are important about you, your goals and things like that. So we can then take action and help us propel our way to that ultimate you know, end someday goal. That's awesome. I, I think it's brilliant that, 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 that that's how you started it because David and I always say the only reason that we were able to pay off our debt was because we figured out what we most wanted in life. And we didn't know what we, what we most wanted, you know, 10 years ago. And that's why we got into $51,000 worth of credit card debt. It was when we knew, had that clarity that we were able to pay off that debt and then ultimately evolve that into a business of our own. Yeah. So I think one of the great exercises that you have, in, you, know, you have, you said 60 challenges. One of the great challenges that I liked was we've all heard about bucket list items. You know, what do you, what are these big audacious things you want to do before you die? But I'd never heard of the concept of a pale list. Do you mind explaining what th that is a little bit, please? Yeah. So, well, I'd love to know, like when you got, maybe you looked at the table of contents and saw a pale list or you just, <laughs> you flipped to that page and before you started reading can I ask you what you thought it might be? Oh, I had no idea. I didn't really no have idea. any concepts. Um, no, and I didn't. Didn't I? Didn't automatically go to bucket list either okay. when I first saw the term. So I was like, pale list. What's that? Yeah, yeah. it was intriguing. <laughs> well, you all know that in one of the uh, an act uh, challenge is also called the power of small steps. So I'm a huge fan of the book The One Thing. And just in general, this idea of small steps, it's all about finding, you know, that next right move and making the next right move and the next right move and the next right move. And that, you know, if you're wanting to accomplish any goal, you got to start small and have, you know, consistent progress versus, you know, trying to completely change your lifestyle. And, you know, if you've never been to a gym thinking you're going to go work out seven days in a row for the next six weeks, you're going to fail. 
95% of the time. And so the power of small steps is, you know, so critical, obviously a passion point of mine. And I talk about it in several different challenges in the act phase. So come back to pale list. It's the bucket list uh, that's achievable in the next year. So the pale, the bucket list is kind of those bigger someday goals, things you want to accomplish, you know, in the future, you're not sure when or how. The pale list is something that you can set and ideally it's something you can accomplish in the next one to 12 months. If it's, you know, ideally it's something like for me, one of my bucket list items is to go to every continent except Antarctica. And, uh, you know, and if I got there, cool, but it's not very, it's a very low item, not even <laughs> worthy being on my bucket list, uh, mostly because it's freezing. Uh, it's also the queerest continent in the, in the world. <laughs> is it? Did you know is that? Is that a fact? Yeah, some LGBT group staked a claim on it. And <laughs> so there's a, there's a rainbow flag there, so I don't know if it's still there. probably froze. <laughs> yeah, it just, I, I'm all about taking risks. Uh, I've been skydiving, but... A trip to Antarctica just seems like I'm battling life, uh, <laughs> and I, I don't necessarily feel necessary to do that. But um, you know, and another bucket list item of mine is to go to you know all 50 states. Well, the chances that I get to the remaining, you know, 15 states I think I have left at this point in one year, I could do it. Is it worth it? Is it stressful to think about it financially? It's probably not smart. And so I have a pale list item of going to, you know, a new state every year. Um, and so the pale list are what I like to think of as things that you can accomplish that, you know, you want to, but are easier to do. And then the cool thing about the pale list is you start building momentum. So we all know the power of, you know, momentum. And when you start a business or, you know, your blog or things like that, you start with some excitement and then if you don't have success early your momentum and enthusiasm tend to dwindle mm. and the cool thing about the power of small steps and celebrating you know small wins and the power of then the pale list is you have wins early on and so i don't feel like a failure when i haven't hit all 50 states by 2017 but i added four new states in the past two years hey that's pretty cool Right. Yeah, I think it's, it's we use we all often refer to the concept of how do you eat an elephant? You can't eat an elephant in one bite. You have to eat it one bite at a time. Right. And that's pretty much what you're doing is you're breaking this you're breaking down goals into smaller goals, bite-sized goals that allow you to get there. So for the exercise example, if you get out of bed 3 days that week and go to exercise, if you've never exercised before, then you, you're 300% better than you were <laughs> the week prior. Right. So, And then celebrate that. And I think it's very important to, and this is what David and I talk about in our book, The Four Principles of a Debt-Free Life, is set up re milestone rewards f when you've achieved some of those someday goals, those smaller someday goals. Make sure you celebrate that so you can enjoy your success. You yeah. can enjoy yeah. the progress that you're making. Exactly. Absolutely. And I love... You gave, I think, the simplest definition that I'm going to totally steal, and that is the pale list is uh, their bite-sized goals. Yeah. I right, like exactly. it. Yeah. I think that's a great segue into, um, there was a quote that I had not, um, I didn't know where, I'd seen it before, I didn't know where it came from, but it's uh, The One Thing Philosophy by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan, I think is how you say it, but it, it, it goes, 
what's the one thing you can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? And I think when we break down all the different steps to try to achieve a larger goal, very oftentimes that can seem daunting. Can you talk a little bit about how that, that quote applies to kind of breaking some of those, uh, putting priorities on some of those goals? In a, in a phrase, it's probably been the biggest catalyst move of my life. Um, and by catalyst move, for those of you unfamiliar uh, with Megan Watts, quirks <laughs> and book, uh, it's a game changer. And that is at the essence what the book, The One Thing, is about. It teaches you this idea of focusing on what's your one thing in life, what's the one thing you need to accomplish this day, and this is what they call the focusing question. Uh, I don't even know if I've told you guys this. I love this question so dang much (laughs) that I uh, use the app, if this, then that, and every hour on my phone, I get a notification that has the question on it. So even uh, if, and, and I'm, I've got one thing fever. I have checklists and uh, to-do lists that I, you know, always am thinking about what's my one thing that I must do today. Um, I ask this question uh, and they talk about this in the book. So it's not just for work. For example, I'm preparing to leave uh, for the holiday weekend and there's, let's call it five house chores on my to-do list. I'm not gonna get them all done. And so I ask myself all the time, well, what's the thing that's gonna make everything else less important or what's you know the biggest lead domino? And so often that's uh, vacuuming or it's tidying up so it looks cleaner than it really is um, or doing laundry, right? You can use that question in any aspect of your life. Um, so I, I love it, I use it all the time and it helps me stay focused and then helps me to, to keep taking action on my goals. I, I think that's awesome because I think there's so many times, David and I experiences, and you probably have too, trying to build your own business, that you've got this laundry list of things to do and it just seems all-encompassing and all-consuming and then you end up winding, you find out you just spent half an hour scrolling through Facebook or reading news that doesn't provide any value to your life simply because you don't have that focus. Right. It's too daunting. So if, if you can break it down to what is the one thing that I can do that makes everything easier or better, then I've made a huge stride that day. It's a successful day. Right. I, I, I would add that one of the things that I really like about this question, too, is that what is the one thing that by doing that, everything else will be easier or unnecessary. And I think oftentimes we create these lists of, I've got to get these 12 things done or these 17 things done today. And so we just start going through the list, one, two, three, four. Well, we don't really never necessarily look at that list and say, if I got number two and three done, would that cause some sort of domino effect so yep. that number 12 or number 17 is something that would happen automatically, that I wouldn't even yep. have to worry about that. And I think a lot of times that comes into play when we think about growing a business or marketing ourselves. Are there some things that we can do that by doing those will automatically take care of some other piece of marketing by itself? Yep. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's the power of the question. 
Okay, so now we, we've talked about we've talked a little bit about discover. You know, you have your bucket list items and your pale list items that may or may not feed into your bucket list items, and then we talked a little bit about engage and how you can kind of prioritize what's important so you can start checking off the things that you need to do and maybe even eliminating some of them. Uh, then you talk about in the engage section of your book the power 100 list. I love this concept and I'd never heard that about that before either. Do you mind explaining that a little bit please? Wait, you've really never heard of the power 100? <laughs> I did not. I mean I've heard of like you know the Forbes power 100. I never really thought about applying it to my life. <laughs> You are. I hope you're sitting down because y'all are gonna love this. Uh, I first heard of the Power 100 list from none other than the Adam Carroll. <laughs> mm. Wow, he never shared so, this with us. He's holding out. <laughs> I know. That's why I asked. I was like, <laughs> Are you sure you've never heard this? So I, I you should give Adam some uh, pushback because I think this is one of his favorite kind of nuggets, things that he teaches on. Uh, so how I met Adam was I was working at the University of Iowa and I hired him to come speak to about 400 uh, leadership students. And he introduced this idea of the power 100. And he said that we all have about 100 people in our lives that know, like, and love us. They can be friends from elementary and high school. It could be college friends, work friends, family members. It could be your second grade teacher or your old youth pastor or, you know, a soccer coach, whatever it is, right? There are people in our lives and some of them maybe we haven't talked to in a while. And it was that when you are looking for a job, so he was doing this whole talk about how to land a dream job. And he was introducing the concept of networking. Again, that four-letter word that no one likes. And I, I like commended him at trying to convince 18 to 22-year-olds how important networking is. Because I was like, I have these folks in class. I talk to them in career advising appointments. I cannot get them to think networking is important. And so here he is uh, doing and talking about the Power 100 list and then uh, did an exercise to help show that what you need to land a dream job exists in your current network. And I've actually kind of, um, with permission, expanded on that ex exercise. And I use now the Power 100 list as well as what I call the Power of Connection, this yarn activity to show that 80% of what you need to accomplish any goal exists in your current network. And so the Power 100 list is simply a list of people in your life that if you were searching for a job or, you know, for example, when I started my company, now I was a little chicken and scared in the beginning, so I didn't send out my launch letter until July, seven months after I started, but I sent a letter, it was an email, but I call it a letter, it was an email uh, to my Power 100 list. Now, my Power 100 list, honestly, probably has about 250 people on it now, uh, and I finally ripped the Band-Aid off, I sent it to them, and I was shocked by the amount of positive feedback I had. And I realized now, and I'll remember this forever, is I was so scared that people were gonna laugh at me, uh, that I was starting my own business, or I wanted to be a speaker, and you know, I just I had a lot of fear and, and worry about that reaction. And I'm proud to tell people and you all that 
I just, I got a lot of positive response and, you know, I'm lucky that my power 100 list is, you know, filled with some awesome people and folks that are cheerleaders of mine and, and supporters, but it was, it was a great thing to have proof of concept as well as just positive encouragement. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's awesome. I mean, so, so these people not only, you know, they could be your accountability partners, so to speak, you know, you see them once or twice a year, they might say, how's that, you know, that job you're, you're working on or that goal of yours work, working out but then they could also be the friend of a friend of a colleague who knows somebody that may be able to get you into that job interview or so there's so many ways that that power 100 list can can pay off even if it's just providing you you know emotional or emotional support yeah i will clarify the friend of the friend may not be on your power 100 list so but the friend of the friend, so let's call the friend, we'll call him Adam uh, in this sense, <laughs> right? So Adam would be on my Power 100 list, but a buddy of his or, you know, a buddy of his buddies, uh, you know, so two and three connections deep, they're not going to be on my Power 100 list, but Adam knows them and he may, you know, forward my launch letter or, you know, if I'm looking for a job, he go, hey, you know, I know someone in marketing and, you know, I know this person, Megan, she'd be awesome. So the Power 100 list, I think, is important that it is people who know, like, and trust you um, or know, like, and love you. And again, it, it could be 50 to start out with. But I, I really believe that we all have and you know, 50 to, to 200 people uh, in our lives that are wanting to help us and you know, cheer us on and help us accomplish those goals. The problem is... 90% of us never take the time to tell people what we need and what we're looking for. Absolutely. Yeah, right. much more eloquently said than I, yeah. than I tried to explain it. <laughs> well, and, and the thing that I love about this, Megan, is that you're basically encouraging, and most of us would say, if a friend came to us, a close friend, that they considered us to be on their Power 100 list, and they came to us and said, would you mind sharing this with somebody you know? And... We oftentimes think our network or our group of friends or our acquaintances is so small, but if we all have a Power 100 list and we could go to every single one of those people and say, would you mind sharing this with people you know, you just went from having 100 people to having 10,000. Yeah. Because that's you've just gone out to those 100 people and said, please connect me with your 100. So... Our network may be very small in appearance, but as soon as we take that first step, we're immediately growing it exponentially. And the likelihood or the, the percentages of people that may fall into the category that you're looking for. And that's, if you, when you're listening to this, please, if this is inspiring to you, please go on to YouTube and listen to Megan talk about or do this yarn experience experiment. There's a video on YouTube and we'll put we'll it in the show it. notes. Watch this video and it's amazing how quickly you find people you had no clue were a part of your network and a part of your the people that you can connect with. Yeah, it it, it is fun and you know, I'm working on uh, data, right? So 80% uh, of what you need to accomplish any goal existing in your current uh, network, that's research actually from a guy in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, from my experience, 100% of the time when I do this, and it doesn't matter if the audience is 20 or 1,000 people, there 
we always are able to keep the yarn activity going. Meaning no matter what your goal is, someone in the audience has a relative, a friend, a friend of a friend who can help you do it. The one thing I want to add too is, um, so I love the idea of, you know, you reach out to your power 100 and then they reach out and now you've reached to 10,000. I'm going to guess that there's a few listeners out there that maybe that's overwhelming. So here's just another fun number is let's say on your power 100, you ask people of that to share your launch letter, to share whatever you're looking for with three people on their list, right? So if you ask 100 people to share it with three, well, now we're talking to, right, 300. You guys are the math geniuses. (laughs) Uh, You're the money people. But if then, you know, and if it goes further, we can get to 3,000 pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, So there is... We can go all in, but we can also start small and know that it's it's still really impactful, and that truly is the power of connection. Yeah, right. absolutely. It's, it's just you know, an object in motion, stage in motion, and you got to got to get that object started. That's a great way to get it started exponentially. So we have to start wrap things up here because I know that uh, we have uh, you have a you have to head somewhere. But before we wrap it up, I would like to talk a little bit more about um, the the movie or documentary you're creating that is uh, kind of symbiotic with your book? Yeah, so it is a more of a docu-series now. I think originally when we last talked about it, it was going to be kind of a full-length documentary. And now it's going to be a docu-series with six to eight episodes per season. And basically, we are bringing the book and the Discover Act Engage system to life. So I am interviewing and coaching I think in season one, we'll have five to six different people who we call someday goal chasers. And these are folks who are chasing a someday goal or trying to land a dream job. Uh, We've got um, a artist uh, originally from Togo who's living in Madison, Wisconsin, uh, trying to grow his art business. We've got a woman trying to start a movement called the Love Sum, how we can add some to or add love to our lives daily. Uh, we've got a young man who's trying to find a dream job, uh, someone who was in gangs from age 11 to 16, and how he's turned his life around from books. Uh, this guy's story is ridiculous, um, and a couple other folks who. We are using the system and I get to coach them and we're bringing it to life. So, you know, what you all have seen and you've read the book, you know, it's very action oriented. You can write right in it. I'm all about in any way I communicate knowledge. I want to make it action oriented and I want to fill things to multiple learning styles. And so the doc is really about Um, providing another layer that will help people learn and apply it. So they might read the book and, you know, maybe they read about the Power 100 list or building a dream team. And without much context, you you don't know, you get stuck. And what's going to be cool about uh, the docu-series is that we're going to bring it to life. They're going to see other real-life people's struggles and problems and and the coaching I give them to uh, um, overcome things. And yeah, and so I'm really, really excited about it. You can check out more about the docu-series at SomedayGoals.com. And then the last thing I'll say, uh, because you guys are just such fantastic human beings and friends of mine, is you are contributing to what I hope to be the most unique 
crowdfunding campaign in the history of crowdfunding. <laughs> so we're going to be launching a crowdfunding campaign in 2017 to help bring the project to life. And one of the things that's going to be really cool is instead of people just saying, oh, you know, Megan, you're cool. I know you. You're in my, I'm, you know, they're Power 100 list friends of mine. Or maybe it's someone, uh, one of your listeners is like, oh, this sounds really cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll donate five bucks or I'll donate 50 bucks to this project. That's mostly how crowdfunding works. Well, I wanted to flip the script and stay more aligned to my brand, and that is helping people accomplish goals. And so I was like, how can we use the crowdfunding campaign to help people accomplish goals? So real quick, here it is. The crowdfunding campaign has three um, objectives. The first is anyone willing to support the project and you know pledge money, take out their card and, and donate, there's going to be something at any level from $5 to 5000 that's directly positively impacts you and your someday goals. So we've got different tracks related. So some people are going to get help on getting out of debt. Some people, maybe their someday goal is to, you know, get healthier. So we've got five kind of someday goal tracks. Then the second objective is to help awesome people like the debt-free guys um, and bring awareness to them. So you all have donated a few things to the crowdfunding campaign and I want to make sure that people know about your amazing platform, the resources you've created, and so we can help them. And then the third objective, which I'm not trying to hide, is we're trying to raise money to put this, uh, make this project, you know, really high quality. So that's kind of it in a nutshell, both the, the doc and the crowdfunding campaign. That sounds exciting. You got yeah. a lot on your plate right now. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's fun. It's busy and it's it's been a whirlwind, but I'm I'm loving it. And you know, I think the other cool thing is both the book and now this docu series plus the crowdfunding campaign is I I feel like I'm like a, a human guinea pig in the sense of. I didn't know anything about writing a book or launching a book. I didn't know anything about, um, you know, documentaries or crowdfunding campaigns, but I'm finding ways I'm leveraging my connections and people in my network to help me and, um, and moving forward and, and hopefully going to continue to have successful projects. That's awesome. And we're, we're, we're more than happy to support what you're doing. I, and that's why we have you on the show today and, and we're participating in your crowdfunding. It's, you're creating inspiring content that can actually help people. And there's oftentimes we'll, we'll find ourselves watching TV and we think, what did we get out of that half hour or that, that hour that provided no value to our lives? It didn't improve anything um, other than maybe distracting us from, from you know, our current day. But you're, what you're providing is actually are actually tools that people can apply to their life. They can probably see some aspect of themselves in one or more of, more of the, the your clients that you'll be following on, on the docuseries, and they can figure out how to apply some of these actions to their lives to improve their lives. And that's what we're all about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we're excited Thank to be part you. of it. Yeah. I'm honored and excited. You guys are um, kind of the some of the core financial experts that we are highlighting and that's because I um, I love you guys I love the work that you're doing and it's it's so important and what I I think I love and I'm gonna go out on a limb but feel like it's mutual is you know not only do we have similar missions of helping people while we're going about it in different ways um, the integrity the integrity living value-based lives and you know and just kind of that um, genuineness of wanting to help and not trying to like 
squeeze money out of people or anything <laughs> like that. That happens sometimes in self-help and online marketing and things like that. That's what that's what I love is everyone, including yourselves, who are participating in the crowdfunding campaign. I vetted them. It's you know I know them, I trust them, and and I I want to make sure that that's important. And that's that's what I love about this. And one of the reasons I was so grateful to come on your show today. Thank you. Thank yeah, you, it's um, it's, it's mutual. We we love you and what you're doing. And it's every time we talk to you, it's, we're inspired to to do better ourselves. So uh, we're hopefully, um, I, I'm sure that our audience is going to be inspired by what we've talked about today, and 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 hopefully improve their lives as well. So thank you very much for coming on and. Um, we will definitely have you back in the future, but um, we look forward to, to seeing the success of your book and the, the near-term success of your, of your docu-series. Exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you both so much. Have a fabulous day, and we'll talk soon. And there you have it. Insight into how you can start achieving your goals within 60 days. The hardest part of achieving any goal is getting started, so get started. One of the topics that we discovered was a pale list. If bucket list items are larger, lifetime goals, pale list items are smaller, bite-sized goals. That's a great way of breaking down big goals into smaller, easier steps. We also talked about a quote from the book The One Thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan, and that is, quote, What's the one thing you can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? End quote. That's a mantra Megan lives by and a great thought process to help prioritize our seemingly never-ending to-do list. Finally, we talked about the Power 100 list, the list of 100 people who know, love, and like you and who would provide you direct or indirect support in achieving your goals. Get your copy of Discover, Act, Engage on Amazon today, and look out for Megan's docuseries coming out in 2017. Thank you for listening to another episode of Queer Money. If you like this or any other Queer Money show, please like, comment on, and share Queer Money through iTunes. Thank you. Okay. We just serviced you. Now you get to service us by subscribing to this podcast on iTunes and signing up for the Queer Money Lifestyle Newsletter at queer.money. Well, I'm not really gay. <laughs> <laughs> it would help me if I had a personal chef who made all the healthy meals for me. Right. So instead, I'll have a Snickers tonight for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> the other end, I like the butts. So. <laughs> yeah. uh,